Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, we'll get to the latest developments in the ongoing high school girls transgender controversy in a few moments. But before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the ongoing controversy regarding so many Little League and youth organizations around the country now banning the use of the Astros' nickname for their baseball teams. So yeah, this has become a national trend. It started uh, with a couple of teams out in California. It's now spread across the country, and I don't think it's going to stop. In short, sports parents and coaches don't want their teams, their kids' teams, to be identified in any way with a major league team that has cheated in order to win a championship. Now, you all know the story, what's going on with Major League Baseball and the Houston Astros, how Commissioner Manfred has given fairly light punishments, in my opinion, to Hinch and Cora and Lunau, and how not one player on the Astros team has been held accountable. You know, I I, I know there have been some apologies but I sure wish that one of those Astro stars would just step up and take responsibility to be held accountable for their actions. Okay, you made a mistake. Admit it. Somebody just say from the Astros, yeah, we cheated. We knew we were cheating. We shouldn't have done it. And, and quite frankly, we'll, we'll take whatever punishment is going to be doled out to us. That's how people in sports want to be want to get a sense of real fair uh, play and a sense of real justice. And we're not getting that right now, which is one of the reasons why I think so many of the youth coaches around the country and sports parents are, are outraged. Take responsibility. We always preach about being held accountable for your actions in sports. Well, do the right thing, Houston, and, and you know, man up and, and take responsibility. 
Now, obviously, uh, Commissioner Manfred felt that losing uh, jobs for a year in the case of uh, Hinch and Corin Lunau, you know, plus the, the, the so-called embarrassment of being publicly chastised, that, that would be more than enough in terms of punishment, and that that alone would send a strong message about not to cheat. I'm not sure that's enough. Now, back in January, you know, just about a month ago, we had a very involved discussion of how and why sports parents and coaches really need to teach young athletes not to cheat and to warn them. But again, I'm not really quite sure that we're getting the right message here from Major League Baseball. And of course, in addition to this misfire, Manfred is now on the hot seat for other matters. Uh, he is... He is. He made that some silly comment about the championship trophy, uh, and don't forget, he also is in the process of trying to eliminate 42 minor league baseball teams, and now he's entering some conversations about a new playoff system. But that's all sort of window dressing. We have to really focus on what's going to happen here and put a real end to this stuff with the Astros, and how again somebody, you know, has to pay uh, the price for this this terrible situation. And it's a lot for us as fans to to digest. But again, let me bring it back now to you, as a mom or dad, as a sports parent, you really need to give this issue some thought because whether it's cheating in sports. Or, or basically you know, cheating in life. This is a vitally important lesson you have to teach to your son or daughter. And of course, once you have that conversation with them, you're going to have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it again. Because as our friend, Hall of Fame coach Jack Smith, and always reminds us, uh, you're going to have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat because this is a vitally important lesson for all kids to understand about cheating in life. And again, this is the if there's any silver lining in all this mess with the Astros, this is it. Giving you the chance to sit down with your son or daughter who plays sports and explain to them why cheating is unacceptable. Uh, you know, we all know that it, it, we all know that there's a right way and a wrong way when it comes to sports and how to compete. And again, that that lesson, that unbelievably important lesson, has to start with with you, the mom or dad, because if you don't know or you're tempted to break the rules of fair play. Well, then the punishment has to be so incredibly severe that no one is ever tempted to even try and, and, and break the rules. So again, when you talk to a youngster, you really have to drill into them as to why cheating is so fundamentally wrong uh, when it comes to any endeavor they pursue, not just in sports, but in life as well. Uh, and again, well, of course, our phone lines are open if you'd like to talk about this and your thoughts as well, one 337 But again, this is, of all the lessons that you can impart to your youngster uh, as a sports parent, I, I can't even begin to tell you how important this is because, after all, it, it's, it's just essential when it comes to, to uh, you know, sports and, again, in life as well. And again, it all ties back into being held accountable for your actions. Um, okay, let's, in fact, let's take some calls to start uh, this morning. Let's start with our, our, our good friend Ed over in Elizabeth. Hey, good morning, Ed. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Good. Hi, Ed. How are you doing? Good. Been, been missing you people. I had major surgery and all, so that's why I haven't been on. But I'm I was going to say, you, I haven't heard show. from you a while. Are you, how are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I had to get... Uh, surgery on my knee and all that but everything's going good and get ready for the baseball season 
good. But uh, th- this cheating has gotten out of control. It really has. And uh, let me ask you a question because we're both coaches. What's your feeling on stealing signs from second base when you're a base runner? Well, you know, Ed, this is this is gets right down to the nitty gritty, and and uh, from the various accounts I've read and the opinions of people I I, uh, I honor, uh, there's sort of the sense like, okay, if you if you are if it's not technologically oriented, in other words, if it's something where you're in the course of the game, you're sitting in the dugout, uh, and you you think you can pick up the the uh, there's some sort of tell from the pitcher as to how he's tipping his pitchers, or there's somebody on second base who can read the catcher's signs, that's considered to be part of the game. It's not considered cheating, quote unquote. It's seen as being part of the game. It gets a little different when technology is involved, because now we're going through a whole conscious, uh, planned-out approach to pretty uh, to basically somehow work around the rules of sportsmanship. And by the way, I just want to remind you, that, you know, technology and, and baseball cheating, this goes back to, like, the early 1900s. People back then were trying to find a way to, to, to find, you know, a way to skirt around the rules. But what are your Absolutely. thoughts about this? Well, I'll be honest, as a coach, you know, we used to teach our players, if you have a way of picking up signs from second, you know, we, we, we tell them to use different hand signals. Maybe, you know, one hand on the leg might be a fastball, or two hands on the leg might be an off-speed pitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's what we would do. I mean, uh, and again, that's the way the games have been played, and uh, I think it should still be continued that way. That, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not cheap. It just teaches that the other team's got to do a better job of giving their signs and all that. Right, that's correct. But, I was going to say. But, go ahead. But, but this technical stuff of banging the garbage cans and all that, I'm going to be honest, and I've had discussions with you. Don't be surprised if there's going to be beanballs going on with this, even though Rob Manfred has said, uh, you know, you're going to be punished severely and all that stuff. Guys don't care. They, they don't like they, they want to play the game the right way, and the way the Astros did it, it it's un- unbelievable. And the funny part is, this owner acts like he, he didn't know nothing about this. He is so clueless. It, it's amazing. You got a manager, you got a general manager, and you got players doing it, and, and uh, n- nothing's done wrong. And you know what's amazing? I have a funny feeling. The reason why Garrett Cole left, go back to his last interview on the World Series. He had a Scott Boris hat on. I wouldn't be surprised, Rick. He knew he wanted to get the hell out of there because of all the, all the craziness that, that's gone on with that team. Ed, I, you know, a lot of good observations, and I'm glad to hear you're on the mend with your knee. I'm just in time for, uh, for spring training. That's good. Uh, and Absolutely. Thanks. I'm looking forward to being on the, on the show more, <laughs> that, more often on Sundays. Thanks, Ed. Uh, and thanks, a- have, thanks for the call, as always. Uh, that's Ed Ward over from, uh, from Jersey. Uh, you know, and, and what he's talking about, and I think is what we're always saying as well, that there's a real concern here because we haven't had a total sense of closure on this. Uh, when the owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, says, well, you know, uh, I, we, we have to move on. We won the championship fair and square, which obviously they didn't. But, you know, his attitude is this is over. Let's move on. And people who follow sports are saying, no, somebody has to be held accountable. And, and uh, you know, I, we're talking about the players who obviously knowingly had to decide that they were going to c- compete in this way uh, in 2017. And as some people have observed as well, chances are they did it probably through 2018 and into 19 as well. Why stop cheating until you get caught? So this is a real major fundamental issue for Major League Baseball. I don't really know exactly 
how they're going to resolve this. But, uh, you know, to, to Ed's point, we read this as well. There's a real concern now with MLB about uh, retaliation uh, towards the Houston Astro players. It, it's, it's not good. It is not good at all. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, to Brick over in New Jersey. Tom, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are I you? Tell you? Some good can come out of tragedies like this. Okay? I hope so. In 1919, it was a guy named Babe Ruth. He transcended the thievery that was going on in baseball, and people wanted to come and see Babe Ruth. Then we moved forward to the 50s or the late 40s, and somebody realized that there were no black people in the stands at Major League Baseball games. And he says, gee, what about trying to integrate uh, baseball? Great. Great move. It not only solved uh, their greed, it also solved <laughs> getting more people in the stands. And Jackie Robinson made baseball boom. Really? What's well, going to happen now? <laughs> I got to finish this thought. I bought Major League Baseball equipment, helmets, shirts, pants. And any time it had a Major League Baseball logo on it, yeah. it paid a royalty to turn around and support and promote baseball, and they were punished for it. That's disgusting. Well, Tom, oh, I got to tell you, I, I, I hope you were right that something good comes out of all this, because uh, certainly, as of right now, and Tom, thank you for your, for your call this morning, I don't know what that is, except maybe this this re this uh, reawakening, for lack of a better word, on the concerns about cheating will will basically compel more and more leagues, more and more coaches, more and more parents to sit down and talk to kids about <clears throat> the perils and why it's so wrong to cheat against one's opponents. It, it's something that is really well, we can hope for this. As I said, maybe that is the, the silver lining in all this. But again, right now we don't see it because we're still waiting for for some sort of closure, and we're not getting it. We're not seeing anybody from the Astros. The apologies I've seen have been sort of, um, I don't know, kind of uh, less than um, uh, enthusiastic. They've been sort of like, you feel like they've been sort of coaxed or coached into the, uh, these guys saying they're sorry about it. But you got to get somebody to say, look, I did this. I knew it was wrong when I did it, and I'm sorry about it. And um, if you want to take the championship away from us in 2017, then so be it. We'll live with that disgrace. But somebody's got to man up and, and say the right thing here because until that happens, I don't know how this is going to go away. I mean, people, the fans basically want to get their pound of flesh, and they, they're entitled to it. It's as simple as that. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. When I come back after Dave Uram's update, we're going to talk about this uh, unusual uh, new development in this case of uh, high school transgender athletes in Connecticut. Uh, and again, we'll take your calls on this uh, uh, unusual uh, winding story at one 337 6666 And back here on the Sports Edge, I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Uh, I do want to talk about this, uh, this uh, unusual case uh, up in Connecticut, uh, and because there was a new wrinkle in, in what's happening there, uh, this has to do with with uh, two 
high school boys in Connecticut who are transitioning into becoming females. Uh, they are talented uh, runners, uh, and they've been competing as girls uh, in various track meets over the last couple of years in Connecticut. And this this past week, uh, and this is from various media reports, uh, the families of three female high school runners filed a federal lawsuit uh, seeking to block transgender athletes in Connecticut from participating in girls' sports. And, and the, uh, the three young ladies, uh, Selena Sewell, senior at Glastonbury High School, Chelsea Mitchell, a senior at Canton High School, and Alana Smith, who's a sophomore at Danbury High, they're arguing uh, that allowing athletes with male anatomy to compete against them has deprived them of track titles and potential scholarship opportunities. Uh, and uh, one of the girls, uh, Chelsea Mitchell, um, excuse me, uh, Alana Smith, she has said uh, to the media that mentally and physically, we know the outcome before the race even starts. Uh, and it turns out that Alana Smith, uh, she's the daughter of a former Major League uh, pitcher, Lee Smith, who, of course, uh, was a closer for many years for the Red Sox. Um, but she goes and says that that biological unfairness doesn't go away because of what someone believes about gender identity. Uh, all girls deserve the chance to compete on a level playing field. And this lawsuit uh, was filed against the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference, that's the governing body in Connecticut, and the various boards of education in, uh, in Connecticut and Bloomfield, Cromwell, Glastonbury, Canton, and Danbury. Uh, the girls, uh, the three girls, their attorney has said that forcing girls to be spectators in their own sports is completely at odds with Title IX, which is, of course, a federal law designed to create equal opportunities for women in education and athletics. Uh, okay, just to sort of set the stage. So what's going on here is that these girls, these natural-born girls who are competing, suddenly find themselves not being able to win uh, in these races because uh, two boys who are decided to transition to become girls are winning and they're dominating uh, in these various races at the varsity level in Connecticut. Uh, this, these two individuals... Uh, these two transgender sprinters, Terry Miller and Andrea Yearwood, uh, as I said, they, they, they've won a lot. They've combined to win 15 girls state indoor and outdoor championships since 2017. That's a pretty dominant performance. Uh, and these three plaintiffs, these three girls, uh, are, who basically compete against these, these two transitioning individuals, you know, they almost always lose. Um, and, and quite frankly, uh, they're complaining now that, uh, that this is not fair. They can't have these individual boys who are transitioning to girls to compete against them. They think this is a violation of Title IX, which obviously is all about equal play, the level playing field. Curiously, just the other day, uh, Mitchell, who was one of the girls who has filed the lawsuit, Chelsea Mitchell, she's a senior at Canton High School, she actually defeated uh, Terry Miller, in a 55-meter sprint, uh, she came in first, and uh, and Terry Miller, she came in second. Now, again, in Connecticut, and this is where it gets kind of really complicated, as we discussed in the past, you know, it really depends on what state you live in and where you compete as to whether you can compete as a transgender uh, girl or you have to compete according to your the, the gender you were born with. And, um, you know, Terry Miller, who's obviously, uh, this is a lawsuit against her, 
I mean, she's, she's adamant in her defense. She says, quote, I have faced discrimination in every aspect of my life, and I no longer want to remain silent. I am a girl, and I am a runner. I participate in athletics just like my peers in order to excel, find community, and meaning in my life. It's both unfair and painful that my victories have to be attacked and my hard word work ignored. And, uh, you know, Andrea Yearwood pretty much says the same thing. So what is the right solution here? Is there a solution? What do we do about this situation as to make this equitable and fair for all involved? one uh, 337 That, of course, is our number. I don't know if there is a solution here um, that makes it fair for everybody, but I, I do know this. You'd have to ask yourself if that if you had a daughter who was competing uh, in the high school varsity level and all of a sudden she found herself competing against uh, some transitioning uh, athletes uh, who and if you've seen pictures of of, of uh, either Terry Miller or Andrea Yearwood, it's clearly that it's clear that they are uh, physically strong. Um, and they obviously at some point must have been a different kind of anatomical structure. They were obviously boys, and now they're transitioning to girls. Anyway, let's, let's get some thoughts about this. Let's go to, uh, to Jack, uh, Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Jack, I know we've discussed this in the past, and, and, and tell me your thoughts about what, what are we going to do about this situation? Well, I have one question, Rick. I mean, and here's, Here's the funny thing. Talking about your, you know, the baseball rules about baseball and, and, you know, looking the other way when steroids all happened. What's the NCAA doing? Are they going to recruit these runners as females? Or are they going to, or, or are they not recruiting them? I mean, if they're running these times and winning all these races, I mean, are colleges going to go after these runners as female runners? I mean, they are females now. I mean, I remember, I think, when you first came out with this story about a year and a half ago, um, I think that Connecticut um, allowed them to run as males that identified as females. They weren't even tra- they haven't even transitioned yet. So, I mean, you know, first of all, Connecticut, get on, get on, you know, get on the right page here and start following the rules of a lot of the other states about you know competing at your born um, sex. That's, that, that's a good rule. But in discussion with you the other day, you know, in our schools today, we are bringing in, you know, the transgender in a way that we have a male bathroom, a female bathroom, and an other bathroom. I mean, a lot of these track meets, why don't we do a male competition, a female competition, and in other competition, and even transitioning from a female to a male, that becomes unfair also because when the female is transitioning to a male, she's going to be getting testosterone shots for years that are growth hormones and improve on strength. So their strength is going to increase drastically, and now they're competing against boys, okay, that are physically, you know, the same. And the point is, is that we got to get on the right page. I, I personally think that what would happen or what should happen is that a lot of the track meets should start having a third category competition. And because they're, you know, thinking about it, Rick, and you and I have discussed this, 
there's really no answer to it because if I'm identifying as the opposite sex or if I'm as a male born as a male identifying as a female, I should have the right to compete as a female once I transition. Well, you know, but let me just say this, Jack. I didn't do that. I, I, I have scoured the, uh, the various reports and the media about this as to, okay, so again, just to be as clear as I can, uh, right. in uh, eight states, you can compete as to the gender identity you feel at this time. In other words, um, and that's, uh, that's, in, that's basically saying if you feel you are a woman or a girl, you can compete uh, with no real other restrictions. In 17 right. other states, you know, it's you compete according to the gender to which you were born. Even if you've changed your gender since you were born, you still have exactly. to compete as whether you were born a girl or born a boy. But in the other states, it's all kind of murkier. you got to go through all sorts of hoops and hurdles to prove this or prove that. My point is, I don't know whether these two, these girls, these track stars who used to be boys if they've gone through treatments, if they've gone through surgical reassignment. I don't know any of that stuff. Right. I haven't seen any reports right. about that. I assume it's because that, that's an invasion of privacy um, because it, they're obviously still minors and uh, obviously they're entitled to the rights of privacy. So I don't really know, to your point, when the NCAA gets involved, you know, there you have to have, uh, a, as you know, a whole year of making sure the NCAA says, okay, if you're going to transition – then we want to get real documentation. You're going through treatments, hormone changes, that you're going through surgical reassignment, all that stuff, and then that's how you're allowed to then compete in your new in your new in your new gender. So it is complicated because I don't know what the status of these two track uh, runners are. Um, right. And and again, uh, to your point. I, I don't know if there is a solution. You make a very valid observation that we do have now uh, bathrooms that uh, one are for males, one for females, one for other, and maybe that is the answer. Uh, I I don't know if that makes sense, and I don't know um, I don't know how good these girls are in terms of track scholarships. I I, I don't know. That's a question we have to ponder well, in, a, in a year or two. But um, I have we, one other thing too, and if I can before I get off. Yeah. The one other thing about the females that are suing, I'm surprised that there aren't more lawsuits. But as as to a scholarship, I can understand their feelings about not being able to win a race and get that gold medal. You know, and and it and it is you know psychologically, it's defeating to you when you know that you're going to lose the race 99 percent of the time. Correct. But the point is, is that if the NCAA and colleges are not going to recruit transgenders, which could be a possible problem in the future also, but the girls' times are what really count. So if let's just say a great time for the 60-meter um, indoor sprint for a female is 6'9 uh, or 7-0, and these girls are running 6'9s and 7-0s, but losing to these boys that are running 6'5s, those 6'9s are going to still qualify them for scholarship. So as far as school goes, until the NCAA and colleges step in and say, listen, you know, if, if they're allowed to run in high school as females being born males, then why can't we recruit them? You know, I'm telling and you had mentioned something the other day about asterisks, you know, yeah. I think there's another thing, even with the Astros, you know, it's, well, it's a I, crazy world right now. And, you know, you got to figure it out. But it, Jack, it, re topic, really it really good is. 
and 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 uh, thanks as always for your thoughts. Uh, you know, and that is a possibility that I mentioned to Jack the other day uh, about maybe we this is it. This is the proper time. Who knows? To to put in asterisks if these uh, these transitioning girls uh, do dominate, that they get an asterisk uh, next to their name because it, at least it tells people that they are not natural born females, but they have transitioned, uh, which explains why they're so dominant. Is that fair to them? I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, this does square right into the whole concept of Title IX, although I don't think Title IX was ever really uh, invented to handle these kind of situations, but that's pretty much what we're talking about here. What is equal and fair for all of our kids? Again, uh, I, I, it's difficult because we just don't know how this is all going to play out. Um, and I, it, it, you can certainly, if you, if you get into this, you can see both sides' point of view as to, you know, they all feel they're doing the right thing and they don't feel they should be, have to be second-class citizens. Um, let's move quickly. Let's go over to, uh, let's go to Sam over in Hackensack. Good morning, Sam. You're on the fan. Good morning. I'll be quick. Yeah. I suspect this is going to go to the Supreme Court at some point. One of these lawsuits, it's going to become a landmark decision because you're going to have this issue in soccer and you're going to have this issue in tennis. Right now, what's to stop a world-class guy who says he identifies as a female going into the female tennis tournament and like completely like, you know, destroying the brackets? It could happen. Same as soccer. You're going to see transgender soccer players that are transitioning, formerly males, that are stronger, faster, and it's going to become a real, real issue. I'm not going to take a side on this thing, because I, 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 that's beyond me. But I'll yeah. tell you something. This is going to become a major issue in the next few years. Sam, I, I hear you loud and clear. Thank you for the call. Uh, you know, of course, going back into some history, Dr. Renee Richards, uh, you know, transitioned uh, from a guy into a woman. Uh, this is long before, uh, after he had finished uh, playing in college as a great tennis player. Uh, but that's Sam's point. And, and people always ask me, well, what are the numbers? How, how many kids are actually going through this? I don't know. I mean, I, again, it's, it has to do with privacy. Uh, but again, if, if a kid was going to do this as a soccer player or as a tennis player or any other sport, you, you, it really depends as of right now as to what state where you live. In Connecticut, you can do it no problems. Just say, I'm going to transition to becoming a girl, and you can do it right away. If you're in Texas, for example, in contrast, no, you have to compete in high school sports according to the gender uh, to which you were born. It is a very complicated issue. I don't know if we'll get to the Supreme Court or not, but somebody somewhere is, as a judge is going to have a very difficult time trying to come up with something, a solution that's equitable for all involved. All right, let me, let me take a, a pause. When I return, I'll go right back to our conversation about this very complicated issue. Um, yeah, I'm curious to your thoughts at one 337 6666 Hey, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock this morning, uh, Ed Randall will be by, and of course, Ed will be talking baseball, and uh, it's a beautiful sunny day here in the uh, New York area. This is always good news. And as always, I remind you to check out my website, my blog at askcoachwolf.com. Uh, you can contact me there uh, in terms of your thoughts and opinions of the topics we discuss on the show. You can read my, my opinions about 
about these issues, obviously uh, you can contact me for speaking engagements, whatever, but it's all on askcoachwolf.com. And right now we're talking about this really complicated issue about high school transgender athletes and how this uh, begins to get involved with Title IX issues. Uh, these two high school uh, track stars in Connecticut uh, who were formerly boys have now announced the last couple of years they were transitioning to becoming girls. They uh, dominate uh, high school girls track, particularly in the sprints. And now a lawsuit has been filed uh, claiming Title IX violation by three girls who say that they have to compete against these transitioning athletes. And that's just not fair because these, these athletes, uh, these two formerly boys, are now dominating so much that these other girls can't really have a chance to get uh, championships and to perhaps get scholarship uh, possibilities. Um, and again, this gets to the whole issue about what is fair uh, in terms of our society and, and you know, what is, is there a solution here? What's the right thing to do? And we're taking your calls at one 877 6666. Let's go over to um, let's go to Jim in Union Beach this morning. Jim, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good, Jim. Um, so you know, I, I just uh, thinking back to, to one phrase that you said and, and how this you know could potentially play out. Yeah. Um, you know, you had said it'll be you know the mission of perhaps the courts, whether it's the Supreme Court or lower courts, to determine what is fair for everyone and. You know, from a legal litmus test perspective, in this particular instance, that really can't be achieved, right? I mean, I don't care whether someone is transgender or, you know, homosexual or whatever. To me, that's not the issue here. The issue is, to me, you know, more one of, of common sense and, and practicality. Um, if you would agree for argument's sake that transgender high school athletes represent around one one hundred thousandth of one percent, um I find it remarkably irresponsible for states of all entities to put in place policies that hurt the masses to benefit the one one hundred thousandth of one percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because really, then where does where does the the line end, if you will, right? Because you could you could essentially make arguments, um, and, and these are again, like, you know, I think some of these have valid legal standing. Um, if you allow a biological male to compete against biological females because they identify as a female, you could really start making, and again, this is purely from a, a legal perspective, you could really start making arguments that, you know, Caucasians could have an argument to not have to compete against African Americans and Latinos and so on and so forth. The point is, it, it, it truthfully never stops when you're setting a legal precedent like this. I think the cleanest thing is to have biological men compete against biological men and vice versa. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is a phenomenon. I mean, some people equate the, the growth in, in incidences of transgenderism to the growth of social media. Um, it clearly is a much more recent phenomenon than... Um, then it has been a historical phenomenon. Um, but again, I think the cleanest thing is you, you, a court is not going to be able to do what's fair for everyone here, because I think it's crystal clear from the track record that male sprinters 
will outperform female sprinters. Well, Jim, let me, um, let me just say this, and I, I'm listening to you carefully, because, again, we're going down the points you make are the kind of considerations that any uh, judge would have to think about as well. Uh, you know, that are we trying to just protect the rights of a very, very few? Or shouldn't we go by the, the, the more populist, democratic approach of what is fair for most people? I don't know. This gets into real legal uh, precedent. Uh, I, I will say this. That um, again, I've tried to do some research on this to see just how many, how big of a trend this really is with kids who are trans transitioning. It's very hard to find any numbers anywhere. However, in this particular case, we got two kids who are pretty good athletes who are doing this in Connecticut. To my way of thinking, um, what's going to have to happen here is how this gets, um, and maybe it goes again. It's in a federal uh, lawsuit. It's a federal court. Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way, and maybe what you just said is the answer, that it has to be, you can only you can only compete if you are biologically male or biologically female, which would mean that I guess you would have to have uh, any kid who's transitioning, if he or she wants to compete in their new sex, they're, have, they're going to have to undergo a real test to see if they've been biologically reassigned. Again, I don't know if that's... Um, an invasion of privacy, uh, and so on and so forth. But at least that way, you're trying to at least you're trying to attempt to level the playing field as best you can. Um, is that fair? I don't know, but I do know that at some point, again, this is a call. This is a perfect case for a commissioner of youth sports, somebody in a federal oversight uh, position, who could say, "Let's make this right for everybody in the country." But right now, it's done on a state-by-state basis, which is why these, 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 uh, these kids in Connecticut can compete as, as girls. Uh, again, it's, it's a very, very difficult issue. It doesn't make any difference, you just said, Jim, about, about one's uh, point of view on this in terms of, of, uh, of, of the gender. But we got to make it fair for everybody as best we can. And, Jim, I, I thank you for your call this morning. It's very, uh, very insightful. Let me move on to... Uh, to Mark up in New Haven. Hey, Mark, uh, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Mark. I mean, hey, uh, how <laughs> you doing? I'm Rick. You're Mark. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Connecticut, my beautiful state, they're, uh, they do everything backwards because you know, if you want to become a police officer, if you're a male, you have to do like 100 push-ups in a certain amount of time, and the girls only have to do 50. Yeah. And uh, you, I don't think that's fair. Do you? Well, again, I, every you can't really sort of. Uh, my sense is, you, Mark, you can't take one situation and and universally apply it elsewhere. I, I don't know what their credentials or why they're set up in terms of uh, the police tests uh, in Connecticut. But well, clearly, the military is the same way, you know. Yeah, I. But you know, I, I move it this way. I think everybody agrees that with male versus female, by the time they are eighteen or twenty-one. I think it's pretty well accepted as a medical fact that there are differences in terms of the physical size and strength uh, between men and women. I think that's right. a given. So to your point, okay, fine. We're going to have different standards according to you know becoming a police officer or you know getting into the army, whatever it might be. But again, this is in the sports level. I'm not well, I, sure. I, you know, I don't think you should. I think the best person should get the job. If you're a girl, then that's tough. If you can't do enough push-ups, then you shouldn't get the job. That's yeah. my opinion, personally. 
Well, I hear you, and and uh, I I think that's all part of this issue as well, and part of the consideration. And and uh, Mark, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. I you know I just uh, I don't know. Again, this is a complicated thing, and I don't I don't think this issue is going to go away. Um, again, we don't have numbers, and we know obviously it's, it's got to be a very very small uh, proportion or percentage of, of kids who are doing this. But apparently it's happening, and it's happening enough around the country. I've seen enough of these stories from Connecticut, from Texas, from other places uh, where this is happening. And obviously organizations are beginning to take notice of this because they want to make sure they have a real appropriate response. Because, you know, it, it's, it's a concern. Let's, um, let's go uh, to Mike over in, uh, in East Rockaway. Hey, Mike, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. I'm down in Myrtle Beach listening to your show like I've uh, done every Sunday for 17 years. <laughs> I can't even, Rick, I can't even begin uh, to explain the ifs and buts about the tran- transgender category. I-, I can't even, you know, comprehend uh, what's going on. But, hey, that's the climate we live in. Uh, I called Rick about uh, uh, opening the show talking about uh, children playing sports. Yes. And how moms and dads have to make it a point to sit their daughter down or their son about cheating, okay? Be as honest as you can with them because uh, it's amazing to me, uh, the state of California, as you know, Rick, some counties won't even allow kids. They they ban the Houston Astro jersey. You talk about the scarlet letter. Uh, But moms and dads, if they want their children to compete in sports, you have to take no shortcuts you have to take the honest approach, you know, in dealing with that with that subject, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike, this is true, and, and uh, thank you again for calling and listening for 17 years. I appreciate that very much. You know, the fact is, this is a real concern. We want closure on this cheating incident and with the Astros, and I don't know what Commissioner Manfred's going to do, but he better do something soon and get somebody from the uh, the players from the Astros to man up and say, yeah, I cheated, and I'm really sorry about it, uh, because otherwise it's just going to, unfortunately, it's just going to spin more and more out of control. It's as simple as that. Uh, Okay, let's go quickly over to Frank in Newtown, Connecticut. Hey, Frank, uh, you're next up on the fan. Uh, Hi, Rick. Uh, I think your previous caller, Mark, is trying to transition to being you, uh, calling himself (laughs) Rick. (laughs) But anyway, uh, you know, it's it's a recognition. There there are males or females. But, you know, biologically, that's just how it is. And it's a recognition in society the male stronger than the female, you know, in general. Not everybody, but 99% of the time. You know, different standards for police, firemen, is a recognition of that. And you can't exclude, you know, basically a little more than half the population just because they can't meet certain criteria. Right. And that being said, we have a very small sample. This is just, this, this case in Connecticut, uh, really, I think it might have to go more nationwide before we get a uniform policy on this, which is what's going to be required. But that, that being said, I think what we need to do now in, in this uh, particular case of Connecticut is to have the recognition, okay, uh, if a transgender wins a race, then uh, a, regular, you know, a natural female comes in second. They both go to the podium. They both get the first place with a, a, a identification that, or you know, an asterisk that the transgender person is transgender and that the biological female is the biological female. And society gets it. They know what that means. And so there's no, you know. 
Frank, I think that's the way to go on this, and I've given this a lot of thought, and I, I do agree. And I, I just said, society gets this. We understand that some kids, and we're talking about kids primarily here who are transitioning, we get this, and we understand that if they've been a boy all their life. Uh, and Frankie, thank you so much for the call, Frank. Very much appreciate your thoughts this morning. The fact is, we do understand that there are differences between boys and girls. As they get to be in their late teens, uh, there are physiological differences in terms of strength uh, and, and size and stuff. So the way to go on this maybe is exactly that, to have asterisks uh, for the various winners of these races. If one is transgender, you get an asterisk. There's no, there's no nothing wrong with that. It's just the way it is. Okay, interesting topic to be sure. My thanks for your great th- calls this morning. My thanks also to Brian Rascona. As always, stick around for Ed Randall. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.